welcome to a very special episode of Off The Hanger, or should I say Off The Cuff. This is a bonus episode featuring the fabulous Lynette Hecker, who is an award-winning journalist and vintage expert. We couldn't pack all of this into her original episode, so I thought I'd give you a little bonus so you don't miss out on all the extra vintage gems that she shared with us, as well as her extensive knowledge of vintage and how to buy it, and her opinions on whether celebrities should be wearing it or not. I hope you enjoy. So how did you get into vintage? Right, um, now I think it's probably because of my parents I think if you go way way back my father has always been really interested in antiques and used to take me to antiques auction and antiques fairs because he used well he still does he collects it's quite random this but he collects real silver napkin rings wow (laughs) and they're brilliant they're I mean I don't ever use a napkin ring but um you know some of them have got flags on they've got insignia from different years they've got people's names it's really quite interesting (laughs) so he did that when I was a child and then my mum is a product of the 60s and she always made her own clothes and even though I'm really not very good at sewing she did teach me how to sew and how to make things but I mean I don't really do that I can sew on buttons and maybe a zip but she still is the one that makes things and she was always fashion obsessed we always had like catalogues in the 80s at home when I was a teenager and I would always go shopping with her and when I was really little she used to make my dresses and if I got too tall she would buy fabric and put fabric around the bottom of them like a different type of fabric as a hem and so I think I think I absorbed all of that And also the 70s and 80s mums, particularly mums who weren't like rich, they weren't poor, but they were kind of more middle class. They had a bit of money, but not very much, really. They would go to jumble sales. And so I kind of grew up really with thrifting being normal. I mean, it wasn't called vintage then, but all the mums particularly used to just swap clothes with all the kids as they got older and younger ones. And so I think by osmosis and then when I was a teenager in the 80s, I didn't want to look like everybody else. Not quite sure why, but I didn't. So I used to go to markets and I used to go to charity shops way before it was a thing. But it was cheap. I think that was one of the reasons. And I remember buying a pink 1950s cardigan that I've still got, but it's up the loft somewhere. Sorry. Um, and I bought a floral 1950s dress. What a 14 year old girl was doing wearing a floral 50s dress and a pink 50s cardigan. I don't know. But um, yeah, so I think it, I think it started from there. And then obviously as a student, I was always at markets and thrift shops, charity shops. And then in my 20s, as a very young journalist, as like, you know, the lowest on the ladder, getting paid very, very badly in the 90s and having to rent a room. Um, I worked in a vintage shop at the weekends, an iconic, iconic vintage shop called Steinberg and Tolkien that was on the King's Road in Chelsea. And that was just pure chance. I needed a weekend job to pay my rent. And I went into every shop on the King's Road and just kept walking along saying, do you need a Saturday girl? Do you need a Saturday girl? And I walked into the vintage shop and this American guy with a grey beard and grey hair boomed at me and went, you look amazing. You're perfect for this shop. And he was Mark Steinberg and he owned Steinberg and Tolkien. Um, And there's a whole other story about him. He was a Hollywood film producer and his daughter married a Londoner so he moved to London and yeah so I learned a lot about vintage like properly learned about fabrics and decades and designers from working in Steinberg and Tolkien and I worked there for about a year 18 months every Saturday and every Sunday while I was a young journalist. 
what an incredible person to learn from. That is amazing. It's no wonder that you're such an expert now, having spent all that time working with them, but also then for years and years after, just continuing being so much in love with vintage. Have you got any tips for people who've never bought vintage before, what they should look out for? Well, I'd say my first tip is if you've never done it before and you're a fully grown adult, it's probably because you have a fear and you probably think you're going to look like you're going to a fancy dress party. And you probably think, I don't want to wear dead people's clothes and it's going to smell and all those other things that people who don't understand vintage think. So get rid of all of that. And if you're serious about wanting to get into vintage, just think, what is my body shape? What do I feel comfortable in? What do I feel suits me? Not what anyone else. I mean, you know, you can be, you know, very curvy and wear a miniskirt. I don't care. No one cares, really. But what do you feel comfy in? And then go to charity shops, which there isn't much vintage in there anymore. But look for old labels. That's then you'll know it's vintage. And or just just explore clothing as a whole. Just think, what would I like that's different? Like this dress is 1980s. But I don't know that you would know it was 1980s. You might think it's modern, but, you know, it's got um, a drop waist. It's got buttons. It's got the puff shoulders. I mean, it's polyester. So, you know, you do glow in it, but um, it goes in the wash. You don't have to iron it. It's a good day dress. You know, I wouldn't wear it to a party necessarily, but, you know, I'm not going to see anyone else in this dress. It's 40 years old. So um, that would be my tip. Just think about what you like and then go out hunting. And don't worry about the smell. It can be dry cleaned or put in the wash. And don't worry about who might have worn it before. Tell yourself that a princess wore it before, not a dead lady. <laughs> I love that. And I think so much current fashion is always inspired by vintage shapes and silhouettes anyway. So you don't necessarily know whether something, like you say, is a vintage piece or whether it's a modern piece. It's purely you're the person who knows who's wearing it, but no one else would necessarily know that. Yeah, and they don't need to know. I mean, I for me, fashion is fun. And a lot of women particularly, because I presume it will be women who are mostly watching this, not men. So I'll talk about women or people who like to dress in, you know, female type clothing. Um, I think it should just be fun. It should be a bit of a laugh. Like, I mean, these glasses are ridiculous and I know that, but I just really like them and they make me smile. Every time I put them on, they make me smile. They were sunglasses and I had my, I mean, I do need glasses for reading. They're, they're not a fashion accessory although they're that as well. Um, and it's just a bit of a laugh. It's like these earrings, again, they're mad, but they're fun. I mean, these are 1960s. Um, yeah, so this is modern, Victor and Rolf. These are 60s, this is 80s. Mix it up. You know, this is cheap from Boots. I mean, you know, mix and match it. It all works together because it's all about just having fun and just embracing the things that you like. How do you feel about this whole thing of um, celebrities at the moment who are... I'm thinking Kim Kardashian in the Marilyn dress. But as somebody who loves vintage, how do you feel about that? Because I don't know how I feel about that. I sometimes think it's really nice that those pieces get out and get seen and a whole new generation recognises them and encourages them to buy vintage and things. But then I also think, should we be really be damaging pieces of that historical value for the sake of a celebrity wearing it on a red carpet? I think you've answered exactly how I would have answered. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the same. I, I have. I, I wasn't as outraged as a lot of the members of my vintage community were 
And I think a lot of that came from a place of snobbery. I have no snobbery around Kim Kardashian whatsoever, unlike a lot of people. She is a businesswoman and a marketeer, and she is a woman of our times. And, you know, people like myself, journalists, have been replaced in lots of respects by, first of all, bloggers and then influencers. And I don't have any issue with that. It just means I have to up my game mm -hmm. because I'm now having to sell content alongside people who are brilliant at marketing. They're not writers or journalists like me and they're not trained, but they're brilliant marketeers. And that's what Kim Kardashian is. So I don't have any snobbery around her. I think, you know, good for you. If you can make a billion dollars from what you look like and how you market yourself, well, I mean, kudos to her. Yeah. I don't have a billion dollars, do you? Do you know <laughs> anyone who does? Nope. You know. <laughs> so I don't, that's not a problem. Um, I also think it's brilliant that she wore the Marilyn dress because even though Marilyn was an actor, so you could argue she had more talent than Kim. In some ways, Kim is an actor. I'm sure Kim at home is not the same as when she was Kim and Kanye or keeping up the Kardashians. You know, it's her public front. Um, so I think she's a good fit for the Marilyn. She's a very, she was a very similar size. Obviously, I have a massive issue with it being damaged. I, I think that that's recklessness on behalf of the person who was tasked with looking after it because there will have been a whole team of people in order to get that dress to her and that's their responsibility that's their job her job is just to wear it that is her job everyone else's job was to source it you know look after it take care of it and whoever was in charge of that I don't know who they were they didn't do their job properly because it should have they should have ensured it would fit her and if it didn't fit her they should have found a way of making it fit her that didn't compromise the integrity of the original dress. So, but the fact that we're still talking about it months later and the whole world talked about it is brilliant for vintage and brilliant. It, it just shows how fashion shouldn't be throwaway. It shouldn't end up on a landfill in Ghana. You shouldn't be paying two pounds for your jeans. You know, there should be dresses that Marilyn wore in the fifties that we're still able to admire. So that's my answer, really. No, that's great. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it, anything that can promote vintage and sustainability and move away from fast fashion is, yeah, commended. It definitely should be done. So, But yeah, definitely whoever was the person in charge of making sure that that didn't get damaged, I bet they got a severe bollocking, didn't they? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's not acceptable, is it? You, you can't be damaging museum type pieces which it is well it's even things like when i borrow press samples from designers i am always obsessive about making sure that everything is returned in the exact same way that it came and it's packaged in the same way that it came and it's looked after and so for somebody to take something of that like level of preciousness and not look after it blows my mind blows my mind Anyway. And I think that's what a lot of the outrage was. I think it was twofold. I think it was snobbery, snobbery around who people perceive her to be. And it was the fact it was damaged. I think if that dress had been put on somebody like Zendaya. Yeah. And it hadn't been damaged, then the world would have applauded it. Oh, isn't it amazing? You know, icon for the next generation beautiful beautiful black girl wearing marilyn's dress it would have been applauded but really it's no different it's just a famous person wearing marilyn's dress yeah completely i agree how do you think we encourage like, the next generation to move past fast fashion um i don't think we can because it's a habit that is generational and um, and also it's financial 
And if you are used to having a new outfit to wear on a Saturday night at a cheap price, why would you stop doing that? Like, why would you? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't I don't think you can. I don't think you can stop it. I think education might help for the next generation. Um, but whatever retailers are making money, they're going to keep doing it. I saw a report this week that the retailer that has sold the most and made the most money in 2022 was... I don't even know how to pronounce it. Sheen. 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 Yeah. Right. I've never bought anything from them, obviously. But they have, they're the biggest retailer in the world now. And H&M are the second. That's what this report said. So, I mean, I would imagine Zara's in there. Zara normally is up there with the biggest sellers. But this particular report had Sheen and um, H&M. It's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. And it's it's difficult because I, I'm the same. I'm guilty. I've bought fast fashion before and I yeah. mix it in with like more expensive pieces that I've got and it's about trying to have that balance. But I'm always so conscious of not overbuying and anything that I do buy, making sure that it's then passed on to other people who will wear it after I've finished with it or that it goes to, do you know what I mean? That it's not just thrown away. I hate the idea of just throwing something away. Yeah, I've never, ever thrown away clothes. I mean, the clothes that I that are mine that I no longer want anymore, if they're vintage or they're 90s, noughties, whatever, then I just put on my website. I sell my own clothes. Yeah, you know? that's right, I do. Um, and if they're a bit more modern and I've had, you know, for whatever reason, I take them to the local charity shop. And um, my stepchildren's old clothes, my husband's old clothes, they all go to the charity shop. In fact, my husband's old work shirts, because he he has like a proper job, unlike me. <laughs> what? You have like seven jobs, never mind having one proper job. <laughs> but he has one job. <laughs> he produces television shows for the BBC. At the moment, he's doing the BBC. He does Channel 4 and ITV, but he's a TV producer. But so he has a proper job where he goes to an office and he, you know, all day, every day doing the same job. Um, and so he wears shirts a lot. But all his long sleeve shirts, once he's finished with them, for whatever reason, I give them to my mum and my dad, who's now 82. I give them to my mum and she gets her sewing machine out. And she chops the sleeves off and makes them short sleeved. And my dad wears them as short sleeve shirts to do the gardening in. How brilliant is that? <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. And it always surprises me when my dad comes around to my house. Suddenly I'll look at him and I'll be like, oh, it's my husband's shirt. And I'd forgotten. <laughs> but it's short sleeved. Brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. I love that. I love the collar on that. I bought it for the website, tried it on. Never it never <laughs> went on the website. Never sold it. Never. But you know, it was cheap. This cost me like a tenner or something, but I wear it all the time. All the time. I love it. That must be a real occupational hazard for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just if, if I was a size eight and a size sixteen and all sizes in between, I'd never sell anything. I keep everything. But <laughs> but luckily, not everything fits because it can't do, can it? Not everything can fit everybody. That's the only thing that stops me from keeping everything. Because <laughs> I only buy what I like. I mean, I individually buy. I don't. Um, a lot of vintage dealers, not my mates, but um, a lot of vintage dealers just buy in bulk from America. They don't even know what they're buying. They buy. Pardon me. They buy like something called like A grade or B grade, and that depends on the quality. And they buy like a hundred skirts or hundred tops, or but that's just not how I deal. That's not how I do vintage. The, that to me, you're just you're just buying from a wholesaler and piling it high and selling it cheap and 
I know they make a lot more money than I do, but where's the pleasure? Not for me. There's no pleasure in that. They're just pure businesses. They could be selling rice. They could be selling baked beans. They're selling cheap clothing. Um, so I individually buy everything, which costs me more, takes longer. But why would I do it otherwise? Well, this is it, because it's very clear that you curate everything and that you have been curating since you were five. <laughs> by cutting those pictures out of the catalogue and making your own looks so of course yeah. you're going to create uh curate sorry for your brand because yeah. that's what you're passionate about i love i just love it i think it's incredible um can i show you a couple of other things which i know are not, not part of your question absolutely honestly i could chat to you all day show me all of it <laughs> so these were also a present don't hate me but there's um a um there's a singer and actor called toya toya wilcox yes. who was very famous in the 80s and still performs today and still appears in plays and films and she's a force de tours uh, for de tours and um tour de force even there you go tour de force get there in the end and um i met her 20 years ago on a photo shoot i was editor of a magazine called celebrity homes which was like the best job in the world and I used to literally spend my day going to famous people's houses with a photographer and hair and makeup. And I would interview them and we'd go around the house and I would style them in their homes. So that's how I met Toya. And I don't quite know how, but we just kind of hit it off. And we then became mates, like proper, proper mates. And we hang out a lot and I go and stay with her and see her. And, you know, she's like a proper girlfriend now. I don't even think of her. Like when I go and see her gigs and see her on stage, that's not the person I know. It's the yeah. person, you know. So um, so when about six or seven years ago, Toya decided to sell off her 80s wardrobe, not her iconic stage pieces, because they're go she's bequeathed them to the V&A after she dies. But her kind of everyday, the things she would wear to go and pick up an Ivan Novello award or things she would wear to the Brits or those kind of outfits, things she would wear on daytime telly, all those 80s outfits. She came to me and said, will you sell them for me? And we decided that we would do it partly for charity because both her parents sadly got cancer and died and they were in the same hospice. So we do it for charity. So she gets a little bit of it. I get a little bit of it and most of it goes to the hospice. And we've been doing it since 2016. And we do it every couple of years because she's got a lot of clothes. We've pretty much sold all her 80s stuff now and we've been selling her 90s stuff recently. Um, but she gave me, well, gave me, I saw them and really liked them, so I forced her to give them to me. A couple of her 80s cardigans, and I live in them because, you know, working from home and not having the heating on this winter because of the cost. I just want to show you them, really. So these were Toya's 80s designer cardigans, which are now mine. So I've got this one by Middleton Brown, which just love it. And then I've got this one by Novo. Could it be any more 80s? I love that. <laughs> yeah, so I just want to show you those. Love it. Because that, that's a top tip, actually. If you're on the resale websites, have a look for 80s knitwear because the quality was still really good. It started waning in the 90s. But even the high street brands, a lot of their knitwear from the 80s are still really good quality. So I wear those two all the time and they did belong to Toya. That's very cool. Very cool. Will I show you my last two things I've yeah, pulled out? Definitely. Right, so this is another what I call boomerang dress. So I bought this for the website. It's a knitted, amazing, amazing, a knitted dress. And it's got these, oh, look at the buttons. Whoops, where am I? 
You'd think I'd know by now, wouldn't you? <laughs> there. Oh, wow. Fabric covered buttons. Nice. These are the wrists, aren't they? Isn't, look at that. I, I love that. I love anything like that where it's got real details to it. It just really makes yeah. a piece. It's, it's got no label on it. I don't I don't know anything about it, but I bought it to the website. I sold it to a regular client of mine, Lucy, who is lovely. She'll probably watch this video, which is why I name checked her. And um, she had it for four or five years. And the same as the other lady, the 30s dress, she contacted me and said, I don't wear it anymore. Do you want it back? And she posted it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and now I wear it all the time because I didn't wear it originally. I bought it and sold it. So... Look out for knitted 70s and 80s dresses. They're brilliant in winter. And then last but not least, these are kind of all my favourite things. This is a 90s ghost dress. Ugh. You see, I was a kind of teen in the 90s and I just had such a thing about ghost dresses. and never had one in those years. I've had one since, but those kind of original, like, 90s, gorgeous satin yeah, silky it. dresses oh yeah this is the original so i was in my 20s in the 90s so i could just about afford one i did end up buying a couple more but i'm pretty certain i got them in the sale and um, i stupidly have sold them but anyway this is the, this is the one i haven't sold so yeah this is one of my favorite dresses and even though i'm a different weight to what i was in the 90s this always fits this is one of those dresses that i go up i go down it just always fits so um yeah that's been worn this dress has had a lot of fun seen a lot of things experienced a lot of life i'm glad it can't talk <laughs> it's a good job our clothes can't talk for stories that they would tell <laughs> thank you so much it's been lovely to talk to you thank you thanks very much emma bye well, I hope you enjoyed that little bonus chat. You can also watch Lynette's full Off The Hanger episode if you click the link on screen. Please do remember to give this video a like and also subscribe to my channel.